No energy? Always fatigued? Has your got up and go got up and went? Primrose Leafs Pro Max 365 helps to produce natural energy, increase endurance and stamina, improve performance during exercise, reduce pain from fibromyalgia, and is excellent for cardiovascular support. A doctor-designed, deliciously berry-flavored formula that's great for ages 18 to 99. Order Pro Max 365 and get the natural energy you've always wanted. Call 844-376-0007. Refuel daily with Pro Max 365 and get your life back. Here is Better is an award-winning documentary film with unprecedented access inside therapy sessions of men and women veterans battling post-traumatic stress disorder. Now, the film follows four of these veterans, each with a diverse backgrounds and service experience as they undergo the most clinically effective evidence-based trauma psychotherapies for PTSD. Now, our guests today are Jack Youngelson, an Emmy and WGA award-winning documentary filmmaker whose work has appeared on Netflix and HBO, PBS, Prime Video, and elsewhere. And Sean Edwards Beal is an Emmy award-winning producer, writer, director who has directed television and film projects for networks including HBO, the BBC, National Geographic, A&E, and Food Network. Now, both of their resumes are highly impressive, and their new film, Here is Better, is no exception. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome director Jack Youngelson and producer Sean Edward Bill to the show. Welcome, both of you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, I'm going to direct this question uh, to both of you at the same time. Why was it important uh, to both of you to make this film? Jack. All right. I, for me, I really wanted to work on a film that began to destigmatize a mental health issue that afflicts so many and to really begin a conversation. It felt so important to, to do that and, and also to kind of speak to what therapies, what treatments are out there that, that are effective. I know there's not just one path or one size fits all when it comes to treatment, but those were very important parts of, of what went into thinking of this film and conceiving of it. And Sean? When an um, executive producer came to us and told us um, about the statistics of how many veterans a day were being lost to suicide, at that point, it kind of became imperative to me to find a way to tell this story and tell it in a way that could be inspirational and hopeful. There have been films about post-traumatic stress disorder, very good films, very informative films, but the fact that we were going to make a film that was going to try and help people through this process was incredibly important to me. Well, who are the four individuals in this film and why were they chosen to tell their stories? Well, John, Tabitha, you know, Teresa, and Jason are four exceptional people. And we wanted to find a, a, a strong balance between uh, w experience, where they served, how they served, what, you know, what trauma they had experienced, what they lived through. And ultimately it was in finding that balance through the, the storytelling of the film that makes it, I think, so strong. Because even though they did experience various, very, very different things through their, the course of their military careers, they almost speak to each other and across each other in the film. Well, you know, Sean, for you, how did they feel to have their stories told on film? Everybody, when they saw the film, felt um, really uh, very positive about the film. Um, there was, people were concerned about sharing their stories 
but they chose to share it because they felt that there was a possibility in sharing that they could provide help and support to other people. And that is something that is um, th prevalent throughout everybody who was involved with the film. Well, I, I read and understood that through your film and learned through your film that 13 million Americans suffer from PTSD each year, with veterans being up to three times more likely to have PTSD than the civilians. Now, each veteran in the film, like you said, they have a different story to tell about what caused their PTSD. Uh, for either one of you, uh, did you learn that some cases were much harder to diagnose, especially like Jason Kander's case? I mean, from the outside, uh, just looking at him and seeing him interact with, with the general public, I would have never suspected that he had PTSD because he was such a go-getter. Was that a surprise? Yeah, I think you know, one thing that I learned personally while making the film was that it takes on average, at least in the veteran population, 12 years to go seek help. And so it's not something that necessarily happens in terms of seeking help, like right after the event, it could, it could be over a decade. And so I, I think you're right. I think that they're, you know, across these stories and so many stories, you, you, uh, you take away, like you see someone moving through life and you, you assume that they're doing okay, but maybe they're not, maybe there are challenges there. And I think that was a real learning experience for me that it was a 12 year cycle for so many. That that's actually very, very surprising. Uh, it's almost like the condition is just simmering there. Um, maybe the one that's actually suffering with it actually doesn't even recognize that it's really PTSD unless they have a medical professional actually tell them that. And I, and you know, Tabitha, Tabitha's story was really enlightening at the very beginning because she said something that I think the general public just thinks is normal when it comes to PTSD. If we hear that someone's been in the, in the military and they have PTSD, they think, okay, they're a ticking time bomb and they could end up being very violent at the drop of a hat. But Tabitha basically just came out right at the get-go and said, that's not the case. In most cases of PTSD, it really disguises itself as deep depression and anxiety problems. Was that a surprise to, to both of you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that we learned so much on this journey. It was extraordinary, sort of every day of making this film, we learned something new and different about it. And um, the way, a lot of the pieces that have been chosen in that film show the thought process that we, and the journey that we made together through that to discover these things. Yeah, I was surprised that uh, out of the four people uh, three uh, experienced PTSD based in the areas of combat. Tap of the story um, is a little bit different because, but it, but it's also a story that other women in the military unfortunately have experienced. So her PSD was caused by sexual assault. Uh, and again, unfortunately, hers happens in the military just like so many others. Uh, those in leadership either look the other way or they try to silence the victim. Uh, how is she doing today? We just spoke with her recently and, you know, therapy is still very much a part of her life and she recognizes it will be. And she's embraced that challenge. 
and she's also, you know, she spoke very openly with us about it too, and that there are other underlying factors too that she has to address. And I think she's an incredibly strong person, an incredibly strong individual, and 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 uh, and is in, in incredibly open. And I valued that throughout when we when we were filming with her. So you know, I think it's you know, we never wanted to create a film where we have sort of a Pollyannish answer to treatment. And for, for so many, it can it's an ongoing an ongoing challenge. And, and many of the people in our film have, have 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 continued with therapy, which has supported them and been super helpful all along that path. Yes, and if so- you follow. Oh, I was going to say, if you follow Jason on Instagram, um, he said when um, uh, our troops pulled out of Afghanistan, he immediately, his first call was to his therapist. Um, and I think, you know, Tabitha, as Jack said, continues her journey with therapy. Teresa recently um, continued her journey um, uh, back into therapy. But there's this understanding and knowledge that they have and ability to be able to reach out for help which um, is a big message from the film, which became clear um, as we were filming that that was what people um, discovered about themselves. You know, one of the uh, very powerful moments in this film, and and I think, ladies and gentlemen, I don't have PTSD, but even if you don't, this is a film you need to watch for multiple reasons. And and Sean and Jack, one of the things that, that, that really touched me was when they were showing one of the therapy sessions and then the words came forth it's not my fault i thought that was such a strong turning point because hearing you know john and and tabitha and jason and teresa uh, especially teresa and and to hear those words say it's not my fault to actually absorb that statement is a very big turning point for anyone with PTSD because a lot of these things that happen was not their fault at all. They were just there when it happened. But they yeah. replay that moment over and over again trying to figure out what they could do to change it. Yep, absolutely. Right. That's a really sensitive viewing of that scene. I mean, it was such a powerful scene to have witnessed. And we had a, a remarkable editor, Karen Sim, who, who put it, together in a way that really expressed what happens in therapy. You know, CPT is a process of, of kind of unpacking those, okay, looking at it through different angles. And, and it is a very, very stunning moment where everyone naturally arrives there. And it's also, as you said, a universal feeling that many of the veterans also face. What could they have done differently? What could have changed in a situation? How do yeah, they think? Yeah, because, you know, and what I appreciated about, uh, y'all's documentary was that anyone with PTSD, regardless if they, it was caused by military uh, involvement or just normal daily life. Anyone who sees this film is going to realize that they're not alone, that there are others that are experiencing the exact same feelings and emotions and, and thoughts and I mean, just by watching the film, I this is a, a huge step for a lot of people to finally get the help that they need. That's wonderful. Yeah, that's that's our intention. And that's what we hope people come away with. Yeah. And I learned from John's case, um, 
you know, watching this film, there, there's a bit of history here. And he's a Vietnam vet. And I was surprised, I mean, uh, to learn that during that time, you know, many years ago now, back in the uh, very, very early 70s, uh, these men coming back from Vietnam, there was no name for this condition. And how many years was it before they actually gave it a name? Do you know? I believe it was 1980 that the name was uh, was applied. It went by various different names, you know, through the generations. Shell shock, other, you know, there are other ways of describing PTSD that, that went back, you know, decades. We so. were as surprised as you were to discover that as well, that literally it, it that, that it wasn't something that was acknowledged, even though an understanding that people were changed by war was, you know, Lincoln talked about it. So people were, people understood that there was something going on, but they did not have a, a, a way to diagnose it or to look into it more deeply. And over time, um, you know, the story has unfolded and we, and we now have a lot more understanding of, uh, of what happens to the brain. And that was something that was important that we felt a document with Dr. K. Char that sort of lays out at the beginning of the film, you know, that there is a change in the brain. And um, that is something, again, which neither Jack nor I knew going in. Yeah. You know, I think back because I watched the film. I would I would watch a section. I would rewind it back, watch it again, because there's just there's so much there. To learn, it, I think what you two have created is probably one of the most complete films on PTSD. And after I got finished watching it, I started thinking, what about all of those men from World War One and Two and, and Korea coming home, dealing with the same issues, medical science not even having an understanding or a name or a treatment and to know that so many relationships and families and and who knows the countless you know suicides that have happened from those veterans during that time that could have possibly been avoided if they would have known about this condition decades earlier even before Vietnam yes yeah, so, um interesting that you brought that up because um one of my my father-in-law was a d-day veteran and my mother-in-law said to me um uh after he had passed away and um uh and she was on her own she said you know i wish that there that we had had the possibility of having psychotherapy of having a conversation the way that she phrased it was she said i wish my husband had been able to go and talk to somebody but she said we didn't know that anything was wrong so um you know, um, my husband and business partner runs this company with me. And so for us, you know, there was a lot of personal reason why, you know, being able to tell this story um, and became, you know, sort of imperative. Yes. Now there was a, there, another very compelling moment in this film was when the therapy group was taken to a hockey game. Um, I think I was sitting, sitting, watching that, part of the film and I was nervous and it really proves that the variety of sounds can trigger their PTSD. Uh, Jack, what was it like filming that part of the film? 
it was extremely powerful. I mean, it's a, it's, uh, and Teresa is, is such a, a strong, remarkable, honest person in terms of what she was experiencing and, and how she came out the other side of it. Um, it was a flashback that was triggered by the noise and the sounds and, and there was, uh, you know, at the Cincinnati trauma recovery center, there's this question of like, how do you put yourself into situations that aren't going to, that are safe, but can challenge. And she was able to bring herself back. She talks about that in the therapy. She was able to kind of be grounded again as it was happening or after it happened. And, um, yeah, an incredibly powerful moment. Yeah. I mean, the look on her face, um, it's almost like she wasn't there. It's almost like she was back in combat. That was very scary. Um, it was very moving to see the other uh, members of the group surrounding her and comforting her. I mean, it was a moving <laughs> part yeah. of that film. Um, yeah. uh, but for both of you, what did each of you learn about the work being done at the Cincinnati VA Trauma Recovery Center for PTSD? I mean, for myself, I just think it's such a remarkable program and, and it's constantly evolving. Like treatment's constantly evolving and there isn't this idea of like a one size fits all for therapy. And, um, and it's, it's, it's for us, I think it was, it was an honor just to be able to be in, inside those doors and, and be able to, to, you know, really connect with the women who are going through the treatment there. Well, how so did y'all find this uh, recovery center? You know, we did our research and we looked all over the country and, um, it's, it's one of the, you know, Kate Chard who runs it is, is truly one of the experts in CPT as, as a treatment that's a trauma recovery treatment for, for PTSD. And they serve veterans and individuals who are active duty from all 50 states. And so it's, it's just a remarkable place. You know, I was astonished to learn that the Cincinnati VA Trauma Recovery Center, uh, 70% of the participants that go through this program no longer meet the criteria for PTSD. That's a pretty high success rate. What did you think of that, Sean? I, I mean, there's this wonderful line that Tabitha says when you were asking earlier about what we sort of feel about it. And Tabitha says to her therapist, you didn't give up on me. And I think what a testament is to this program is that those therapists are working really, really hard. And obviously there's a lot of complexity around the VA, but what particularly that program, what we saw is we saw really dedicated mental health professionals trying to help other people. And as you just pointed out, succeeding. And that was um, really inspiring. Yeah, and I like the fact that the four people that uh, that y'all chose to be in this film, they're all very different. Um, I think with Jason, I guess in a way I kind of related to him a lot because of the fact that he didn't recognize his problem. Uh, it took a while. Uh, he seemed to be, I don't really want to call him an adrenaline junkie per se, but he was always on the go. It was almost like he was trying 
to outrun it. So if he was running for president or senator or mayor, he was always trying to outrun whatever the PTSD was causing on the inside, and he finally had to just put the brakes on. Yeah, that was definitely the case with Jason. His story, you know, it took him a while. Um, it, it, with PTSD, it often takes um, several years, often as many as 12 years for veterans to, um, uh, or for people with PTSD to even realize that they have a problem. But when um, Jason realized he had a problem, you know, it, 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 again, it took him a while. He had a problem. His wife was saying that there was something wrong. And um, he talks very eloquently in the film about that and about the fact that he thought that, you know, this person that he lived with and that he loved, that she was the problem. And then he realized that he was going through so many things and he was having a problem and then he reached out for help and that started another journey. Yeah. You know, I was surprised with, uh, Teresa cause you know, as she was telling her story and, and saying that, you know, here, here, her husband is in the truck in front of her and they hit an IED and I'm thinking, did it kill him? And to realize that if you look at him physically, he doesn't show any outward problems at all. He, he survived that, that landmine. And, and, but she just continues to, she continued to replay that episode in her mind over and over again. I should have been in that truck. I should have been in that truck. And, but I'm, but I'm sitting there watching. I'm like, but he's standing there. He's in one piece. And, but I guess it, it's just, that moment is so, so strong for these people that it's hard to, to shake and to get their, to get their brain back to where it needs to be so they can live a happy, normal life. Yeah. Well, Teresa says it so powerfully. It's almost like a film loop that continues to play. And that's what uh, she was experiencing and, and what she was addressing in therapy. Well, I know that y'all chose these four people and, and, and I've heard, and I've interviewed people with PTSD, those in the military, those not in the military. And have y'all heard stories to where certain enlisted uh, service uh, men and women, for some unknown reason, they keep wanting to go back. You know, we, we hear some people that have been to Iraq and Afghanistan four or five, six times. And you're, and a lot of times, some of them actually agree to go back. And is it more of an adrenaline rush, uh, or is it just a way of life that they're used to that they they seem to be that they can cope better being in that environment than being at home when everything is supposed to be still? I think the military. Well, we're talking about you know something that is a problem that can happen when you're in the military. The military provides um, an incredible sense of camaraderie and friendship and training that, you know, th these people are extraordinary people. Every person that we met who was a veteran was an extraordinary person. And they had a deep love of the work that they do and a deep sense of doing good for other people, which translated into them doing this film. Um, but I think that what you're talking about is this sense of camaraderie and this sense of service that is deeply ingrained in the kind of people that become military um, uh, military people. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. Now, will uh, will y'all be doing any follow-ups with the four veterans in the film? Um, 
down the road? I mean, we'll, we'll continue to be in touch with them. I'm not sure if there's another film in the works, but I hope that we remain close and uh, friends going forward. Well, yeah, all, you know, we have holiday text trails with all of them. <laughs> so uh, we, uh, we're, we're in touch with them very regularly. Well, that's great. Now, what is the main goal, uh, which is, is probably a crazy question from my end, but what is the main goal that uh, both of you want to actually accomplish overall with this film? Because it's a beautiful film. Thank you. Well, I really hope it sparks a national conversation about mental health and about destigmatizing mental health issues, including PTSD. And I really hope that it can point people to, to good therapies and helpful therapies. This, the film was not meant to be prescriptive in any way, but it's meant to kind of open that door to show that there are paths to, to treatment and are paths to um, not having just to live with PTSD. And that's my hope. And I, I really hope that it, it engages people in a way that they feel connected to these characters and, and, and make their own choices in their lives that might move them forward. And, and you, Sean? Yeah, I think that exact. I mean, ex everything that Jack has said, um, a hundred percent, is how we feel about this film. It's 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 a very important um, subject, and we want there to be a conversation. A, a, we want it to be an opening of a door. Well, what will the public find uh, when they go to hereisbetter.org? Well, oh, go ahead, Sean. Um, well, there are a, a there's a series of um, uh, places and advice um, for places that one can go to get help on the website. Um, that's broken down into different categories, um, uh, from uh, immediate and urgent um, care to um, wider questions um, that one might have about support and mental health and connectivity. There's also information about screenings and where the film will be released, including New York and Los Angeles on June 23rd, and then will be available on National PTSD Awareness Day on June 27th for streaming. So we're very excited about that. Well, this, ladies and gentlemen, Here Is Better is one of the most powerful, compelling, touching, emotional, uh, helpful. I think that's probably the strongest word I could say is helpful uh, film on PTSD, for PTSD, for those with PTSD to give them the biggest ray of hope I think we have seen in decades. Here is a, a center, the Cincinnati VA Recovery Center for PTSD, 70% success rate. You cannot beat that. And ladies and gentlemen, if you are dealing with PTSD, if you have a family friend, a family member, a friend that's dealing with this, they need to see this film. So here is better debuts in theaters on June 23rd. If you want to know where it's show where it's showing, go to hereisbetter.org. Be sure to go and support this film. And again, if you have a friend or a family member with PTSD, you may want to take them so they will see that help is available. They don't have to live with this alone and by themselves. There is help. I, I, for one, I stand with Jack and Sean with the hope that this film will be a blessing to millions of people uh, with PTSD, regardless if they're military or not, and to always know that healing is possible. So, Jack, Sean, 
I want to thank you so much for coming on and sharing your powerful film with us today. Well, thank you.